0: You could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions. And that means the world to me. And I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much.
1: Good morning, champions. This is Dr. Janie Lacey, and it is my honor to be here with you today as we talk about how to get exactly what we want when we want it. You know, when I was thinking about this, particular topic. There's a couple of questions that that came to mind that I am sure I'm not the only one that has asked this along my own journey. But those questions are thinking about wondering, and I'm sure you've also wondered, why some people keep getting what they want out of life and others don't. When I look around, either people in my family or people I've known growing up and seeing them just staying stuck, there's this wonder. And then I also think about, especially when I look at where I've come from just in life, what's the difference between those of us who reach our goals over and over and those that are locked in survival mode. Because when I think in particular about where I've come from and I see even certain people in my family just locked in, in survival mode. And you know, I want so much more for them, but we can't give that to them, right? They have to want it for themselves. And it reminds me of this quote by George Bernard Shaw, take care to get what you like, or you'll be forced to like what you get. (laughs) We think about that, we know it's so, so true. But one of the reasons that I went into the field of psychology and my graduate work in particular, is because when I look back, I had this strong desire to do something that involved helping others. But what I'm gonna share with you <laughs> this morning, my professional training did not teach me this. It didn't teach me most of what I'm getting ready to to share with you. And just as all of your life, we all have experiences, my life has brought me in the boxing ring, I like to use that metaphorically, has brought me in the boxing ring, you know, a few rounds throughout my life and before I really feel like I've got my my footing. You know, and one of those lessons that I've learned and that we all need to continuously learn if we're gonna get exactly what we want and continue to get what we want continuously, and I do say continuously because it's not a one-time, one-stop shop, right, in our lives, and this is one of those principles, and I stand upon this not only professionally but also personally, and that's that I learned that life comes from the inside. Life comes from the inside. What lies deep inside is where the real life is. And I believe in order for us to live the life that we've dreamt of living and getting the things that we want in life, we got to start from the inside out. And this is, this is what that means. Like we spend our time listening to it. And I'm talking about our life, the real life, the inside life. And we look for it, we dig it up, and we put it into practice. And we find what lies deep in our hearts and below the surface. We take time learning about ourselves. What are the dreams and the things that we've buried? What's our buried treasure? And then once we dig it up, we look at it, we examine it, we discover it, clean it off. right? We invest it into our lives. So what does this process look like, Dr. Jane? People ask me this all the time, and I'm glad when people ask, because it also continuously puts me in a place of self-examination of what happens in my own life. Because as we continue to, to just grow and move along our own journeys of life, we want to stop and examine and, and take inventory. What do we do that gets us to fulfilling our goals, that gets us to that place of inner joy, happiness, and peace, all of those things. Because I do believe in order to have a successful life in the way that you each define it, we all define having a successful life different, but the way that you define it, I have found includes basically five five things when I look at my own journey. And the first one, when I talk about digging up and finding your buried treasure, is we have to be aware of our dreams and our desires and our talents and, and other treasures that we hold in our soul. Just sitting with people through my profession of mental health therapy and counseling and all the different trauma therapy. There are so many people that are not aware or have lost understanding and knowing their own dreams and what are their desires, right? Because they got caught in the wheel of life, paying bills, raising the children, coming home, just going to sleep over and over and over. It's like Groundhog Day that they've lost their desire. They're not aware of their dreams, or they just think it's unattainable. So We have to become aware of our dreams. What's your dreams? What's your desires? Do you know what your talents are? Do you know what your strengths are? Do you know when, what you bring to the world when you are rocking it and you're lighting up the room? What are you doing? How do you feel? And then number two with that, and I'm gonna hear from a lot of people from the stage today, because I think it's a benefit when we hear what's inside of you, you may light a fire in someone else. But number two is we listen to it. Once we, we open it up, we're digging and we're finding the, those buried treasures in our heart. We listen to it and we value them just as life itself. And then as I heard Ify so eloquently say this morning, then we decide, we take steps to developing them. And we begin in very small ways. Sometimes these subconscious sub- sabotaging ways is we try to take huge leaps When we haven't even taken our first step and to me that's being a sabotaging person in our own life and then number three we seek help to make them grow and we can interpret that in many ways the the company that we keep that could be mentors that could be therapists that can be the as if he shared with us earlier it can be getting around people who are where we want to be right we get around because it makes it alive. When you know someone who has, and you can see it, you can feel it, you can touch it, and they also can speak into your life and they're not threatened by you. Wow, that's a powerful circle. And then number five is we don't care so much about our results. And this is what I mean by that. We care more about our essence. And when I use the word essence, I think about it in terms of our decisions that we make each and every day. Because think about this. Our decisions are either going to move us towards the life that we want or away from it. So think about yesterday. What were the decisions that you made yesterday that are moved you, that are moving you, or that moved you towards the life that you want, or kept you stalemate, <laughs> or even moved you away from it? Hey, right? this is just every day we take this self inventory because the reality of life is this. The reality of life that we see and live on the outside is one that emerges from the inside. It's from our hearts. Think about it, from our hearts, our minds, our soul, all parts of us, it's from the inside out. That's, that's how we, we cultivate our dreams and our desires. And then we move and make it happen because it's our internal life that truly, truly creates our external life. So to find our lives, we have to, I always like to say, dig up that buried treasure. We have to find what lies beneath the surface of our skin. We have to be able to look at it, listen to it, discover it, and be mindful of our internal life. And this could be things like our talents. You know, even as I'm talking, take an inventory of your talents. Don't be afraid. You know, it's amazing how many people I work with that are afraid to even look at their own talents because they think they're bragging. No, be your own advocate, be your own cheerleader. Don't be afraid to speak your goodness, your strengths, your talents. We can complain all day long, that's easy to find. But how do you build yourself up? How do you speak life into yourself? So being mindful of our talents and then our feelings and our desires and our dreams. What are your dreams? So why do we all seek this internal life? <laughs> right? You're right. When I sit with people and I and I see that they're unaware, they're unaware, they're just, you know, I like to call it living the zombie life or just doing what feels comfortable, familiar. Why do we not seek this internal life and get that? You probably heard, if you heard me before, you always hear me say the PhD in our own life. We get so many, at least for me, right? Got a psych D in someone else's education. But why do we not get that in ourselves? And I'll tell you why. We have all had experiences that make our internal life unavailable to us. And for some people, they're just unaware of it. Or we've denied it, or we think we've dealt with it. And it's less about, and I want you to hear me closely, it's less about what happened to us in life. It's more about how we process what has happened to life. That's where the gold is. That's where our storytelling is. That's where we turn pain into purpose. And the person that, who cannot speak what has happened to them has yet to find their healing because they've yet to be able to deal with it, right? So it's not about the events, but it's about the meaning that we've made of it and how do we incorporate that into our own life? Those are your experiences. And sometimes those experiences can come from our family, can come from teachers, it can come from friends, right? You can think about even in your childhood, that that one time that your best friend hurt your feelings, it never leaves you, you remember it. Or it can come from, toxic church experiences can come from unhealthy teachings jobs our failures in life or any type of subculture that we all lived in our traumatic incidences lack of resources or opportunities and hundreds of others right because we're all different we all have different experiences but one thing i do know is that as a result we can find ourselves living lives that are out of touch with the very center of life itself with our hearts and our minds and our souls. That's where the good stuff is. That's where the passion, that's where we are. our drive comes from. But sometimes we lock it down because we're either afraid or we haven't dealt with things yet. And we become the very person that holds us back in getting the very things that we want in life. But it's not only in the, those areas that I just mentioned of work or even career that disconnect that disconnection can happen. It can happen in many other areas as well. And obviously I'm in the relationship space. I'm gonna talk about relationships here for a minute, but it can happen in significant relationships. When I look at many of the couples that I work with, there's so many people that just merely float around in their relationships blindly. And think about your own relationships. How do you show up in your relationship? <laughs> right? Sometimes people just move around them blindly. They're out of touch with their feelings and what drives their heart. You know, because it's that passion that lies below the surface that makes relationships alive. Think about when you first met your honey or your boo. <laughs> and then we keep we keep that growing. And being out of touch with that inner passion can cause a relationship to go stale or even to fail. So, for example... You know, I work with this couple, we'll just call them Bob and Sally. And there's many Bobs and Sallys that I can talk about in many different venues. But I want to talk about one that just comes to, to mind as I was thinking about living the life that we want. You know, they found, or I found that, you know, with working with them, that there was this kind of a settled routine that had taken over their relationship. But mostly I would say from from Bob's side, from his side, there had been a, a loss of what I would call his soul And in his dutiful pleasing of his wife, and some of you men that are listening can relate with that, his uh, pleasing of her and his fear of upsetting her, because she did, and I even see it in therapy, she had a little bit of a quick uh, quick temper is what I'll call it. (laughs) He had slowly put to sleep any of his own desires that conflicted with hers. He ignored them. And he also ignored his resulting feelings of resentment that were the residue effects of of some of his uh, nice and ease, right? Just kind of giving, giving and not wanting to upset her. And some of us would refer to it in therapy as avoidance, right? Avoidance of, of, of conflict. So he gave up himself. This is what we call self abandonment. He gave up himself in order to make his wife happy in order to not upset her. So he had, he had gone what I call dead inside, but he continued to function in all areas. So, if you would see Bob outside of his life, outside of you know the therapy walls, you would see that he's able to function, he's playing with the kids, he's doing all the things. He was able to function in all areas that were visible on the surface, so to speak, the things that we can see, I call it you know, the 2D world. But it was the invisible that had been ignored. And think about this, it is the invisible that rises to the visible in all of our life, just as in Bob's life. So as a result of him ignoring the invisible bob and sally they were starting to to see their relationship suffer and then there they are making an appointment with dr jane hey listeners if you enjoy listening to breakfast with champions we can bet you care about your daily routine do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine it's the perfect morning glenn has written a free ebook called the morning five five simple steps to an extraordinary morning if you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. <laughs> That's usually when I meet people. It's not when things are going good. But when we begin to dig up the things in, in marital therapy with, with Bob and Sally, you know, we were able to get to Bob's heart again. And I'm skipping over a process just to get to the point. But it it did involve him being honest about some of the things that he didn't like. Think about in your relationships, how many times did you stuff down the things that you don't like about your relationship, you don't like about your spouse? Because just as Bob did, he acted as if those things were not really problems. Oh, things are good. (laughs) But slowly as he became honest in, in the therapeutic process, he wanted, The two of them to to do just that but he was afraid to push his wife he was afraid to push her because because then he had to talk about his desires but think about this these desires could be small or large right It, it it could have been his preference for dinner or how to spend their vacation it didn't matter right the fact that that he had preferences that he ignored because it was his heart, all the things. And when we ignore our preferences or we ignore the things in our relationships and we don't address them, it will eventually become visible. So slowly in the therapeutic window, he begins to express his desires. And you know what happened? <laughs> I think you know what's going to happen here. It resulted in the couple getting if into I conflict. Ask
0: something, he say, it's not my job. It's my good job. I don't know his job. What is me?
1: All the time, not like Svetlana. I don't like nothing, I get too much. Let's see here. There uh, we go. All right, let's uh, we m- m- muted her. All right, so then just like happened when people start bringing up problems or things, conflict happens, especially if you've been in a relationship and you haven't in particularly addressed them, right? So when this happened, the sparks started flying. i <laughs> saying office sparks apart, started flying. And as we worked with their ability to resolve the conflict something else happened and you're not gonna you're not gonna know what i'm getting ready to say so something else happened but i want to just tie it together for the point bob found his libido (laughs) he found his libido that was shut down because he was also shut down in his heart his mind and his soul and he just was all about displeasing her, and that means he had to abandon himself. So when he started speaking up, their sex life also started becoming alive. And from us, this is, this is nothing new, it's very common. But the reason being is their marriage was becoming visible to the outside world for them to see and enjoy now. They were dealing with the stuff that they were burying that made their marriage just mundane, routine, And poor Bob shut down his desires to please his wife and to sacrifice himself for the family. And I'm not saying all of that is bad, right? But there is a balance. So they started building what we call, I'm I'm trained in what we call a Gottman Method, John Gottman, if you're um, familiar with it. But they started building what we call a safe house. And in that safe house, they can thrive in it and they can be protected from metaphorically, the stormy weather of life. And then they were able to realize, and using this metaphorically, the full benefits of its design, their safe house. But these benefits, think about this, and this is how we get to the other side of getting what we want, whether it's in our relationships, whether it's in our business, whether it's in our life, is they started digging up the stuff from the inside and investing it back into their relationship, back into their life, and facing the invisible and making it visible. Sally had to find what her husband's dreams and all the things that he wanted important versus feeling like it was a threat. Because what I'll find especially with working with couples, so many couples over the years, sometimes when someone gives up something for the sake of the relationship, the other one is tied to the benefit of the person giving it up because they're threat they're threatened by if he pursues his dreams and his desires, I may lose Bob and I may not have the life that I dreamt of having and that's having the family the picket white fins the dog him coming home and having dinner because i have yet to deal with my own childhood trauma of not being able to have my dad in the home so i've tried to create something that i didn't have because i think that that is healing it's not my friends that's half it half of it so what happens right when we because when we think about to to dig this deeply It means that we face our fears and our obstacles, and we can apply the lesson of Bob and Sally to all of our lives, not just relationship, just in life. Because what can you, you, the people that are listening to me, can identify in your own life that has caused you to bury your treasures? And I wanna hear from you in a minute. But people who get what they want and are not afraid, they take risk. (laughs) Oh boy. But they don't jump off the cliffs when I say take risk, right? because we don't jump off cliffs and then expect good things to happen. Risk is calculated, it's integrated, and then it's executed with diligence and thoughtfulness. You know, and I think about in my own life, one of my calculated risks was actually moving to the state that I live in now. I had never even been here. (laughs) I would never even had been here before I moved here. I never even visited once. I live in Florida, I'm from New York. But there are three things when I think about what I did to get here, and obviously, connecting the dots in hindsight, I was meant to be here. You know, Not only family, raising a successful business, all the things happened right here in the soil of Florida. But I became aware of what was in my heart and I dug it up. And these are the things I want you to do differently today. I dug it up by acknowledging it and figuring out how to make it happen in my life. I knew I needed to leave the place that I was being raised at and that I grew up in New York. And the state of all I ever knew was all I ever knew. I wanted more than what I can see, what I can see on the block, is what I like to say. So then number two, so the first step is I became aware of what was in my heart. Number two, I weighed it, I talked it through with my trusted circle, and mind you, I was 19 at the time, so my trusted circle was other 19 year olds, but that was my trusted circle at the time. So I talked it through and integrated it with my values at the time and chewed on it until I knew with wisdom exactly what I was gonna do. I knew for me to grow and to learn and to get beyond the place that I was at, I could not literally, I couldn't literally stay in the same place. And then number three, I took action. And <laughs> I look at it now, it's uh, I laugh about it, but I'm like, would I want my 19 year old to do this? I don't know. But I purchased a one-way ticket from New York to Florida when I was 19. And I had never even stepped foot in Florida before I purchased that ticket, <laughs> literally. One of our strategic plans, and keep in mind, I was 19, was we, we, put, we put, my friends and I, we, we picked out a map and we chose Florida because of Disney World. And we knew that we potentially can get a job because Disney World was here. <laughs> no one, we've never been, even been here. That was a risk, but obviously I'm still here. So when I reflect on those three steps, becoming aware, weighing it, talking it through, getting to a place of wisdom and taking action, that that's what keeps us from chasing fantasies. And it reminds me of the of the scripture, Proverbs 28, 19. Those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies will have theirs filled of poverty. So sometimes, in fact, we do make impulsive moves or what I call impulsive fantasies. I see it through the therapeutic window all the time. But as well as the treasures of our heart, but by me taking that step of weighing it, talking it through, and integrating my values, I was able to see the reality and separate it from fantasy, right? And that's the key of it being calculated. Because chasing fantasy sometimes can be a way of avoiding the real treasures that are really there and waiting for you. So let me also just give you some quick tips, and then I want to open this up, that can help you unearth and dig it. Dig dig up the stuff that's buried in you, and that you're waiting to find. And as I heard, if you say this morning, we can water it, fertilize it, plant it. And then you'll have your own. Then you'll have to own them and work them and use them. And this is how you do it first, quickly. You listen to what bugs you. It might be a message. Don't let negative feelings just sit there, do something about it. Don't let long term wishes and find out what they mean. Listen to your symptoms. They might be telling you that you have something to address. Pay attention to your fantasies. They may be telling you that something is missing that you need to resolve in appropriate ways and face the fears and obstacles that caused you to bury your treasures. And don't confuse envy with desire. You can be envious of someone else's life because you have lost touch with your own. So the message here is when we get what we want in life, a part of the process is we don't ignore the little signals that, that things are, are not quite right inside of us. We pay attention to what bugs us, what drives our fantasies, what delivers our stress, or whatever signals make their way up through the weeds to our consciousness. And I do cotton weeds. So often the biggest sign that tells us of things that are buried in our heart is numbness and a life that is not alive. When we get what we want out of life, we are giving attention to our heart, our mind, and our soul. We see the signs and we act. So I want you, my friends at the breakfast table to grasp your dreams, reach for them, take appropriate risk. And one of the worst things for me is thinking of dying with potential. I'd rather die with my failures before I want to die with potential. And I want this for you too, that we live it all out on this side of earth. Cause potential is something to be realized, not guarded or protected. So dig it up, invest it, and you will find that it is true what I shared today, that life comes from the inside out. You know, I've heard this version. This is the last thing I'm going to share and then I'm opening it up right now. I've heard this version from, from Les Brown and even John Lee here on the app, but hell on earth is meeting the person you could have been. Hell on earth is meeting the person I could have been. I don't want to meet her. I want to be her. So what are some of the things that you're doing today to be the person you dreamt of being tomorrow? I would just love To open it up in this last five minutes and hear some of the voices at the breakfast table so go ahead and flash your mic if you want to chime in and i'm going to start with uh monica i can't see you monica and then melissa and then uh monica good morning dr janey there you go
2: always always this is monica in the turquoise ring i always love your segments they always just ring a bell um and this morning when you were talking about Bob and Sally and that uh, self-abandonment, that resonated really loudly with me. And I was um, I was back-channeling uh, with someone else in the room about the experience that you, exactly what you described. And what I realized in going through my own therapy and my own marital counseling and ultimately the dissolution of my relationship, the 25-year relationship, was that I had a very long history of self-abandonment. And boy, oh boy, does that come home to roost. So this is such a great and important topic for us to be able to go inside of ourselves and ask those hard questions and listen to the voices that that have been whispering for quite a while. Because if we don't pay attention to the whispers, as somebody brilliantly said, we'll be forced to pay attention to the screams. And you don't wanna get to that point. You wanna really be able to resolve things before they, before they um, completely crumble and fall apart. But so um, it's exciting to be in a period of learning though about yourself, it's exciting to be in a period of questioning yourself and really identifying what do you want and how do you move forward in a way that you don't abandon yourself and rather you listen to and honor your needs and feel, feel confident sharing what you need without fear of, of being left. So thank you, God bless America, what a great powerful segment, thank you. Thank
1: you, Monica. And I appreciate you sharing from your own story of how that self-abandonment played out and now you being on the other side of learning and making and building the life that you have dreamt of. And I um, wanna share this uh, quote that up. Uh, Patricia just sent me, uh, brings to mind a quote by Dr. Wayne Dyer, don't die with the music still in you. Love that, love that. Thank you for sharing that, Patricia. And let's go to Melissa and then Dr. Dooney, Melissa. <laughs>
3: Good morning. I just opened my eyes and saw this
1: topic when I went to the clubhouse and said
3: I will be at Breakfast of Champion this morning. Good morning, everybody. Um, I love this topic. And for me personally, um I am a classically trained school teacher. And for a quarter of a century I have been an educator and I just, um, about four years ago, um, I was pushing against uh, being into to know something from within, and it was crushing me. And, and I'm not blaming um, public schools. I was putting myself in a situation where I couldn't be my genius. I couldn't be my highest self as an educator and I had to keep you know, enduring hardships in my profession until I was courageous enough to be a creator. And that's really what was my lesson. And um, when I stepped back and I allowed myself to create my company, that's when my whole life opened up. And this topic, to me is a game changer if people will let it just sink in. Um, I wanted, since I was five years old, I wanted to be a school teacher. I would literally take my stuffed animals and make them into a classroom. And I got my first spanking because I'd make my closet door into a a chalkboard. I knew who I was very young. And that's what I wanted. And I even, when I was 18, set my mind, set an intention to get a full scholarship. I lived in North Carolina and my state paved my entire education for college because I wanted to be a teacher. But when I went into that world, I always found resistance to my style of teaching. And, um, and I started to just, you know, um, dwindle. So to make a long story short and to kind of close out, I took charge of my dream. And I decided I will be that teacher. I will be that person. And I created my company four years ago. Um, and internationally, I go around the world helping young people be geniuses with their families. And they create their own schools in their own homes. <laughs> and and I love it. And the picture that you see on my, um, that I'm holding up instead of my own picture, It's reminding me that I made the right decision. It's made by one of my former students. She's now a graduate, and she's uh, becoming a world-renowned artist. Her name is Zoe Hunter, and she made our first NFT. And I'm very proud that I let myself um, realize that I can have what I want. I can be the teacher that I want. But I had to create my own world. So that, Melissa, and I'm done speaking. And thank
1: you for this powerful topic. And thank you, Melissa, for being here at the breakfast table and taking charge of your dream and impacting children around the world and giving them a voice and empowering them to go out and to do what they're called to do. We need you in this world. And thank you for sharing that example that anyone can do it if they just take the key and unlock the, the heart that they have and then go out and take action. So thank you for sharing. Um, Dr. Dooney, 20 seconds since we have to turn it over to Kate. So um, go ahead, shoot, 20 seconds.
3: Awesome, thank you so much, Dr. Janie Lacey. I love your session. Um, what resonated with me was the story about Bob I know what it's like to be a people pleaser and to sacrifice your own identity and who you are, but being able to speak out and then do like what you did, step out. All the great people, Abraham, Isaac, Jesus, they all stepped out. They needed to move to their own, perhaps Florida. You need to step out and say what you want to say. Let the words fall out.
1: I'm Dr. Duny and I'm done speaking for now. And that was perfect. Tony Dr. like, you did it perfectly and you hit it, you hit it, you hit it take action, move, give voice to what's inside of you and follow those guided steps. Thank you so much, Dr. Dooney, Monica, and Melissa for chiming in and sharing your voice at the breakfast table because you've made an impact this morning. And thank you so much for all for being here at the breakfast table.